Hello, everyone. This is Mr. Friday, and welcome to the Dork Teacher Podcast. Johan van Vuren. Or you can also call him on TikTok, the man from somewhere. This guy is sharing on TikTok some deep speech to help you overcome some issues that you may have in your life. Like many people, Johan had obstacles in his life. The story I'm sharing today is about the path of resilience, self-healing, and a connection to ourselves to be a better person each day. So let's follow Johan's footsteps to his way of happiness. So my dork friends, enjoy! Hello, Johan! Hello, Frederick. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. It's a great pleasure to finally have you with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a struggle, but we got there in the end, didn't we? <laughs> it was a crazy experience. It's my, it's my third attempt. And we were supposed to meet. I, the first time I sent you was a Canon Lee, and I don't know why Canon Lee had a little problem. So I was waiting for you and you couldn't reach. So I had, I, I believe I, I, I spoke to you and it was right, uh, what, 2 a.m. at your time? Uh, what, yesterday? No, but the day before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the first time was, uh, was like really early. Did I, did, yeah. I, did I woke you up? <laughs> no, do you know what? I, uh, I go through phases sometimes, you know, where I, um, I just stay up and uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not like insomnia, but... Uh, I've just got my mind gets very busy sometimes. And uh, yeah, I was just sort of scrolling through social met network at the time um, when uh, when you got in touch. So uh, no, it was all good. It was all good. <laughs> That's crazy. So finally, we, we are together. But tell me my first question. What's what's wonderful today? Well, today, you know, it's uh, it's beautiful up here in the Highlands where I live. Uh, I've, I've been up in Scotland now for roughly about a year now. Um, and in the last week, I actually moved into a lovely little cottage right up into the, in the mountains overlooking uh, one of the big Monroes in, uh, in Scotland. Um, when, I, when I moved up to Scotland a year ago, it was literally um, a really tough time for me because uh, I was in the beginning phases of where I broke up with my, with my wife. You know, We decided at the time it will be financially better for us to, to live up in Scotland because that's where she's originally from. Uh, we're supportive of a family. Um, so, yeah, so we, we moved up. But because of COVID as well at the time, you know, I uh, there wasn't many properties available. So I had to basically just take what I could get. And all I could get at the time then was a two-bedroom flat um, in a place called Culloden. Okay. Which, uh, which is a very famous area in, uh, in the Highlands in Inverness. Uh, you might have heard of the Battle of Culloden. Uh, so it's, it's basically up there. Um, and it was lovely, you know, I, I enjoyed staying there, but it's the first time in 25 years that I've lived in the UK that I've actually lived in a flat. So um, oh. I, it, was, it was quite a big adjustment for me, but um, the, the old landlord, and I probably would have still been there today, but the landlord about a month and a half ago told me that they're selling it. So I had to, I had to uh, find somewhere else to live. And um, with the way that I live, you know, I, I believe that, you will attract whatever you put out will come back to you tenfold, you know? And um, yeah, 
the first thing as I did, I went on Gumtree, I looked at one property and I was like, I'm going to look at that property. I came to view it and it was just the most amazing little cabin in, in the woods on this, this, uh, this farmer's land um, overlooking the mountains. And because of what I do uh, with all the hiking and stuff, like you probably have seen on hit on TikTok and stuff. Um, I love being in the nature, you know? Mm. So uh, yeah, the, the guy literally a couple of days later called me up and he said, if you want the place, it's yours, you know? So, and I, like I says, I've been here for a week now um and uh, it's been the most amazing week so yeah i wake up in the morning first thing i look at when i open my windows is the mountains and wow fantastic <laughs> good for you i'm i'm you, you know the thing you just told me reached me a lot because um this week my stepmom not my stepmom my godmother yeah 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 she she's living in an apartment and it's for elderly people and she's now 74 and she's huh. She's, she wanted to stay there. She was really at ease at the moment. But because of the COVID, she's, she, feel, she feels alone, very, very, very lonely. So she yeah. decided, she, she asked if it's possible to live together. So actually, we are looking for a, a multi-generation uh, house. Is that the way right. we say it in English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, um, we're expecting. So... It's more like what you said, like being open-minded and have no, um, how do you say, let, let, let it go? Is that a good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, I, yeah. so I have to let it go. And I, try, I looked over the internet. I find some, some house which are very uh, attractive. But there's a thing. Because of the COVID, the house, the price of the house is uh, raised. It's crazy. Right. Even in my, in my town. I'm in a small town in between Montreal and Quebec City. And usually it's pretty much cheaper than in the city. But now we are expecting a reaching a really big uh, a summit. It's like um, we're, we're all almost reaching what how's uh, it cost in Quebec City? It's crazy. It's really crazy. And um, so I know if I sell my house will be very, very, very high. But still, I have to buy a more expensive house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm right in the same level. So I have I. You know what I mean about it? Yeah, yeah, of course. So that's crazy. That's really crazy. But thanks to share. That's a, that's awesome. So let's talk about you. You 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 told me that you're not from um, you're not from Scotland. You're from South Africa. And before yeah, you, you I, spoke to me about it, and it's quite amazing. Tell me about your story. Yeah, so I I was born in South Africa, um, and uh, I came over to the UK back in 1997. Um, I came over, you know, uh, what, what for me as a, as, a, as a youngster, you know, I was very similar to what you're saying. What, what you talk about is between, uh, like you said, between the wood and the bark. It's like between the uh, <laughs> um, a rock and a hard place, you know. Oh, I was, okay. uh, That's the expression. Exactly. My, my, um, my inner self, as to say, you know, I was very, not confused, but... I, I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in, you know. I was um, almost like burying your, your head in the sand, you know, running away from everything. And uh, that's one of the reasons I came over to the UK is uh, when, mm. when things get tough, you know, I, I, I push it aside and I, and I run away. Um, but I also came over to the UK to, to try and play professional rugby because that's my, my background is I, I played rugby at a, at a high level. Oh, really? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I uh, I played for a club called Blackheath um, over in the UK. I had a contract with them for three years. Wow. Uh, when I when I when I came over to the UK, I was very lucky to to sort of get in there. But um, yeah, so but also I had uh, I had some issues in South Africa, you know, and um, being bullied and stuff, you know. And um, in South Africa, it's a it's a it's a country where back in the day, you know, it's men are very suppressed there in a way that they don't share their emotions. They don't talk about their feelings. Um, they keep everything suppressed because oh, if you do, really, you know, yeah, if you do show your vulnerable side, you were bullied, you know? And uh, so, wow. okay. Yeah, that's it. So you, what, what, what they used to say is, you know, you just, um, you just get on with it. You know, you, uh, you don't, um, you don't dwell on things, you know, you don't talk about it. You just, Women are at home. They look after the kids. They bring the bring the kids up. They make sure the house is fine, everything else. And the men go to work, um, and they they just put their head down and knuckle on. Do you know what I mean? So um, it was it was quite tough for me in that that circumstance in that environment where there was a lot of things happening, and that's one of the reasons I sort of kind of ran away. Um, but then also in South Africa as a country, the religion Christianity is the main the main religion in South Africa and it's sort of in your life as from a child you know growing up so anything beyond Christianity was looked and frowned upon you know and, and as seen as from the devil um, yeah. but uh, which is fine you know I understand I understand it all and and and, and I I have um, respect for, for for all religions now and, and all sort of walks of life but my eyes opened when I came over to the UK because what, what I basically, what happened was, is I started exploring different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different religions once I came here because I got exposed to them and it was a, wasn't frowned upon by going and asking questions about what are you actually about and what is your message and what do you, what do you believe in and what, what, is, what is it that you stand for? And the conclusion that came to me was, for me personally, I think 99% of everything that's out there has got the same meaning. There's, yes, there's differences and there's different, um, different beliefs in what they say. But for me, what I, what I feel is the main message always comes down to the same thing. You know, it's, it's the same uh, the same beliefs that they that, that they want they've got different beliefs but a lot of it is the same and that's that's what i found yeah so um about 10 10 years ago i really started working on myself very intensely because my my main thing that i had was a lot of anger that was inside me and my first go-to emotion was to explode and and basically just implode and and, and get really really angry and frustrated Right. So how, how did it how did it uh, happen? Is, is, is there a spark that happened or? Yeah, I mean, any anything, any trigger, you know, anything. If I, I would just basically just driving down the road and someone would cut me off and I would just completely flip out and I would oh, be really, you know, wow. I, you know, okay. I would get really, really angry or I would also uh, self-sabotage, you know. So my one of my beliefs was as I wasn't good enough and I didn't right. deserve happiness and I didn't deserve this goodness that came in came into my life for instance I would start a company you know and the, the company would flourish and I would make lots of money but the belief within me was 
I didn't deserve this and I'm not good enough to have this. And I would self-sabotage that and completely lose it all. And it would be the same in the relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And my oh whole my life God. was basically based around that belief. It's, it's just because of your culture, what you experience in South Africa? As well as childhood, you know, when, um, it's, it's, as, as a lot of people know, um, your belief system or anyone's belief system is basically formed in your first six years as, as a child. Okay. Exactly. Now, yeah. like I said, is the way that things are in South Africa as well is it, it was very conservative, you know, so um, yeah, it's my eyes, like I say, opened up when I came over to the UK and I, I sort of met different backgrounds, different religions, ethnicities, you know, and I started exploring all these things. And um, like I say, 10 years ago, um, I really went into it and I, I, I sort of discovered the secret um the book the secret yeah, and, I, <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, i discovered this guy called dr joe dispenza who's um he's a, he's a chiropractor by by um by trade basically what he what he does yeah, for yeah, yeah. what he used to do and um he his story was he was in a triathlon and uh, he got run over by a truck from the back and he basically broke his back in several places and what he had what happened to him is he had to had an operation and had Harrington rods put into his back, basically. I know. And um, because of his background, three, I think it was three, he said, um, major, major doctors said to him, if you have to get this done because you will, the possibilities, you'll never walk, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, you'll always be in pain. And basically what he did is he said to himself, if the body can make, you can make yourself sick, why can't the body heal itself, right? Oh, yeah. And this comes back to your your story about your throat, right? With the yeah. throat cancer. And he basically healed himself through meditation in 12 weeks. That's truly uh, amazing and unbelievable at the same time. Absolutely. Because when he went back to the surgeons and uh, they they were just like, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And... By, and this is when uh, how he basically started doing his work. And um, I mean, he's he's massive now. He's he's big. He's big, big, big. You know, he's I know, great, I know. Yeah. written many books. Mm -hmm. um, and I I've been to his his um, his workshops and his seminars. You know, I went to uh, Cancun. Uh, it's a, I think it's about two years ago now um, on a on a week long meditation retreat, which was just absolutely fantastic. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Um, and uh, I went to a, a three-day retreat of his in, in Edinburgh before the, the week-long advanced one, actually. Um, and yeah, I've just learned a lot through his work. And uh, what I love about him, as men, we are very analytical. We need to understand something before we believe it, right? So if you can tell me something, but you can't prove to me, I will be going, okay, I believe what you're saying, but I'm not going to believe you. But if you can show me the science behind it and you can explain to me this is why this works and I can see it in, in or understand it scientifically, I will accept it. And this is what he does so beautifully. He explains the science behind why you meditate, how to do it, um, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, he's, he's just brilliant, you know. And um, by doing his work, you know, I have completely turned my life around um and uh yeah it's just it's just been wonderful you know I, I attract good things in my life now you know um yeah it's 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 wonderful
just tell me, how was you, your education when you were young? Uh, what, what do you mean, like school-wise? Yeah, school-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what, what I did is I obviously we've, we've got the same. Our school system is a little bit different. Um, I don't know what it's like in, in Canada, but in the UK, the, the school years is sort of half and half. So you, you overlap a year. Your, your school year starts in September, because obviously because yeah, the summer is, is over there. But in South Africa, we start in January and we finish in December. So uh, the same year is exactly what, what it is. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we've had primary school. So primary school is seven years and then high school is five years. Um, you have to wear uniform to school. So there's no sort of like in America and the States. Where, and obviously as well with hair wise, the, the boys hairs have got to be short. You know, it's very, <laughs> it's very military, you know, it's <laughs> very military precision what it was like, but it was a good school system, you know. I um, I did uh, all my subjects, and it was brilliant. You know, I had maths and um, geography and, and languages, obviously. <laughs> and then afterwards, I went to university. I studied uh, industrial engineering. Uh, didn't complete it. I, I did three years. I had a few subjects still that I, I needed to finish. But my problem that I've always had in life is... Um, I know I don't see it as a problem anymore. I see it as a blessing is I can't work for a boss. I find that very, <laughs> very difficult to, um, to almost take orders. But I think that comes from my childhood as well, because my dad was a military man. Oh. So everything, there's always someone above you telling you basically what to do. And that comes down to my stubbornness is I didn't like anyone telling me what to do. So um, I studied, I studied industrial engineering. Uh, I finished, finished more with this, finished that. I had to do six months uh, or a year uh, practical as well to get my diploma. Uh, but when I went to do my diploma, I think I had two or three subjects that, that I, I still needed to do, but I never went back to finish that because when I did my practical, I basically met um, a guy uh, that was in, in England, in, in South Africa, it's a, an English word called uh, hawker which is basically people, I don't know if you've ever heard that word. No. Uh, it's basically if you go on, on the streets and you see people selling stuff on the streets, like either fruit or okay. uh, they've got their little stalls on the, on the side of the road. They haven't got a shop, but they sell it on the side of the roads and they, they basically travel all over. And I met this guy and um, he, uh, he told me that I can make more money doing this than actually working for a guy nine to five. And uh, he was basically selling peaches on the side of the road. Oh. And um, I was like, okay. And uh, I mean, we were we, we became quite good friends because his brother actually worked with me in the, the place that I had to do my practical. Okay. So um, yeah, he, he took me under his wing. Uh, he gave me a few contacts of where to go and buy the fruit. And uh, yeah, I, I basically left my job and I started doing that. And I, I was just selling fruit on the side of the street. Um, and the funny thing is I did that uh, when I first told my dad. And as my dad is a military man, he blew his top. I mean, he was like, what, what are you doing, man? You know, you've got all this education and you're throwing that out to go and sell free. I totally understand what you talk about. My, exactly. my, my, my. That, let, me, let me put it to you this way, right? Yeah. At the time, back in, uh, God, this was back in 1995, 96, when I, when I worked at this, uh, this place. And I was then... In, uh, in, in pounds wise, uh, I was making like 400 pounds a month, wow. which 
back in those days for a young boy of that was a lot yeah that was a lot of money right and my dad was so proud you know it's like you've made it you know you're gonna have a good life you're gonna have a good career and i gave that up and i said to him and and basically selling the fruit i would drive to the farmer on a wednesday get my a big four by four truck with a trailer get all the peaches um and i would be then selling on the thursday no sorry the thursday i would do all my packing and stuff getting it all packed in boxes etc and then i would go and sell on the friday and the saturday so i was literally working eight days a month however i was making 1200 pounds that's crazy a month, instead of 400 pound a month working eight days a week uh, a month so yeah. i put it to my dad that when i said listen what would you do would you rather work so many days and make this much or work <laughs> this many days and make that much so um, it, was a, it was a little bit of a checkmate situation. That's counterproductive for uh, for your dad, maybe when the way you see it. And it was my maybe maybe mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, you know it was. Uh, but then uh, yeah, so my rugby career then took off, and then I came over to the UK. Um, yeah, and I've I've done all sorts, you know, in the UK, and um, yeah, I've had I've had, uh, and this is where I came to where I came before where I had businesses that I self sabotaged. You know, I had. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. dry lining business that I did really well in. Um, and uh, I had a big contract. One of my biggest contracts was actually actually Wembley Stadium, which is the uh, the national uh, football stadium for England down in down in London. And I had a big contract there where we did a lot of the, the dry lining walls there. Um, and I had properties, you know, I had uh, a lot of, uh, I had four or five, four or five bedroom houses in London that I used to rent out that I made a lot of money through. Wow. Um, and I lost all of that, you know, through going through my first divorce. Um, yeah. So life has thrown me all sorts of things, you know, and, and it's all been looking back at it. Um, I'm very grateful for all those things that's happened to me because it's brought me to this moment now talking to you and <laughs> looking back at those, you know, I can go, you know, at the time, uh, a lot of the, uh, some of the times you know i was on the verge of sort of like i can't go on you know this this is it you know there's there's no point of me carrying on with anything you know I was so um deflated and disheartened and 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 just feeling so worthless but looking like i say looking back at all of that now you know i'm very grateful for all of those things that has happened to me because anything that happens to you in life is to teach you a lesson exactly you know, and uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very blessed, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. So wh when did you, did you reach the rock bottom because before you, you got, uh, you got through your self-healing experience? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I basically, I, when I met my second wife, which we, unfortunately we broke up now, we, I met her about seven years ago. Um, but about three years before I'm eight years ago now, but yeah, a couple of years before I met her, I, I sort of discovered the secret and, and things like that. And I started dabbling in that and I started reading the books and, and sort of going, oh, okay, I understand these sort of things. And I, and I went into that. And uh, there's a few guys that I sort of, who was, preaching these sort of things on on youtube that i discovered when i started looking at all their channels going through all of that uh, and then when i met her obviously um i i went deeper into it and um about three years ago i really really intensely started working myself because that's when i discovered dr joe dispenza um and yeah the last like i said three just over three three plus years now it's uh it's been really really 
an incline of uh, of work that I've done because not only have I done his work, I actually I went to um, breathwork uh, seminars. I've done breathwork. Uh, I went to Peru to go and do ayahuasca. Oh um, yeah, I, I heard one of your old podcasts about this, and this is intriguing intriguing me a lot. Yeah, yeah, because I'm this. I'm more like Thomas, for real, and, and no judging. It's because I've seen I've seen. Um, I've seen a, a, um, a documentary about this, and there was a guy, he was really depressed, and he wanted to suicide, to accept yeah. and, and he decided as his last resort, before he got suicide, he decided to go and try this experience. And the, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of, um, in French, we call it charlatan. Is it, is it the word in English, charlatan? Can we say this? It's false, false, uh, false prophet. Someone oh, yeah, 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 can yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. but he—he's totally—he's uh, lying. Yeah, so he met a couple of liars through it, and right. and it, it was very difficult. But how did you find uh, a, a real it, one? It, it, you know what? What I what I sort of experienced with a lot of people that I have talked to. It, it, you've got to find. I mean, there's there's so many people who's doing ayahuasca retreats down um, in, uh, in South America now, you know, especially because of the plant, it's plant medicine. What I, for me personally, what I discovered with ayahuasca is it, it is a, it's a psychedelic, right? And it, yeah. it releases the DMT in your brain. And we actually, we naturally release that in, in our brains as well. And through, through breath work, you can release that, you know, yeah. and, um, yeah. And it's the same with, with, with uh, we do a few breaths with um, with Dr. Joe as well in his uh, in his uh, meditations, and by doing that, you actually release that, and that helps you to go on to that um, into the sort of fourth and fifth dimension, into that sort of realm to to to, to discover new things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I I do do understand that there is, a, and I, I have seen there is a lot of people out there who's basically doing it for money. You know, um, yeah. and if you do, I think if you do want to do it, you've got to do your research and find the right retreat with the right shaman. You know, because I mean, the one I went, I went to uh, a place called um, Refugio, Refugio de Planto, I think it was. Okay. Uh, it was uh, unfortunately, the guy who owns the place, he passed away three or four days ago, I think he passed away. I uh, just got a message from, uh, from the main, one of the, the translators actually was there. But what, what I found was the shaman that we had, you know, he was, you know, he was such a grounded person, you know, he, his intention was literally he wanted to help you as, as, a, as an individual. And it wasn't okay. just about you. It was about everyone else there. But when he was with you, that's where his energy was focused on. So you, in my experience, is if you do it, you've got to do your research, find the right place, make sure you've got the right people with you. Um, if you're going to go on your own, make sure the, the people you're going to be surrounding yourself with at the retreat, mm -hmm. their intentions is, is, is right, you know, and, and, and what they put out. Because where I went, we were literally in the middle of the rainforest, you know, there was no connection to the outside world. Um, there's no internet. Wow. Uh, there was no electricity. We literally had a generator that they put on for an hour at night to have a little bit of light. Um, there was no hot water. The guys literally went down in the morning 
with big drums to come and fill your tank from the Amazon with water in your in your little shack that you lived in. Ooh. So yeah, it was it was very rural, you know. Um, but also, what I found about that it was fantastic because you've had no distractions, so all you could do was focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. you know, you, uh, there, there was endless time where you could meditate, you could read, um, you could go for walks in the, in the Amazon forest there, you know, the, 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 the guide we had, who was also the translator, um, he took us on sort of guided tours, a few days, they took the group out to sort of smaller villages as well. Um, and uh, for me, it was a very grounding experience because it wasn't just the ayahuasca. We did seven ceremonies, um, which was very intense, you know, um, and what I found with the ayahuasca for me is, yes, you are, it's a psychedelic drug. However, um, you don't feel any different than I do now. Do you know what I mean? It's For me, it okay. wasn't like an out-of-body experience. It was, although I did journey and I, and I found a lot of truths by doing it, I was never out of control. Okay. The only thing is, if you do get up, you do feel quite drunk and dizzy and you do need help. Um, but there's a lot of purging, you know, you, when you when you do go, you leave your dignity at the door, you pick it back up when you go out, you know, because uh, it does, when you do do the ayahuasca, um, yeah, it comes out everywhere. <laughs> so what's the reason why you, you lived ex this experience? What, what did you try to find? So for me, it's, it's all about just discovering the deeper self, the deeper meaning of me, you know, of, yeah. of who I am and who I want to be, you know, in, in life. Um, and, and just the journey, you know, to, to discover myself, really, um, and, and just my, my higher self and my, my real purpose in life and, and what I want to be and who I want to become. Um, and that's, that's the main reason why I did it. And at the time as well, when I actually went on to the retreat, um, which was... November just gone a year ago. So it's about a year and four or five months ago that I did it. Um, that was the time that me and my second wife started having problems, you know. So I I really had to delve deep and, and I just try to do as much as I can to better myself as a person and, and just go on my journey. And and that was just one of the steps that I basically took to um to progress, I think. So that was your life changing moment or no, Dr. Joe is Dr. Joe is still is uh, he's the yeah. he's the one who's who's changed or his work. It wasn't him as a person. It's his the work he does and the work he he puts out. Um, you know, and was the key. Him, you know, it's he's he's such a beautiful man because he again. I mean, when you go into his retreats, there's like two three thousand people. You know, it's it's absolutely huge. Um, and although there's such a big group. Um, he's got his team leaders there, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you feel that he is really giving you the attention. You know, he's uh, like I says, although it's such a big group, at times it really feels like he's talking to you and he wants to help you better your life, you know, and, and to help you live the best life that you can live. And that's what I love about his work. You know, he's, um, he's really sincere in, in, in what he does you know there's there's two other guys as well uh, dr bruce lipton and greg barden i think his name is um and obviously also eckhart tolle you know um all those guys are, are, are big gurus and and they uh they're very sincere you know but it's the science behind it that they explain that i really understand and love 
um, that makes and simplify things for me. That's exactly what I experienced when the first time I met you over TikTok. The word that came in my head was sincerity. Uh, and, I was, and I was like, wow, I need to speak to, to this dude. <laughs> okay, Johan, let's have a little break and let's hear Judy. Hey, dorks and dorkettes and all the others in between. This is Julie live from her home office. Um, what an interesting and fascinating interview as well. Uh, congratulations, Frederick. And thank you, Mr. I don't know how to pronounce your name. That's very interesting. Um, so listening to, the, to this uh, interview, uh, it popped in my head that we could absolutely reference some good stuff uh, your way so uh, the first two things are online courses that are easy to follow and give you a good hand i think when i was listening to the interview i, I thought you know what a better way to grow than learning about yourself so Online courses, uh, they can be free or, you know, small cost, but always worth it. So the first one is Personality Types at Work from the University of Florida. Very insightful. And the second one is Meditation, a way to achieve your goals in life from Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. So very renowned schools offering Uh, free or low-cost um, courses online, and they're easy to do because you do them when you're ready and when you have time. Uh, I personally um, followed the science of well-being online, and it was extraordinary. So I really highly recommend it to you. And from this course, I have discovered a test uh, about 24 character strengths that we have, and if we are able to exploit those strengths properly, then we end up being happier. So if you want to take the test, that's viacharacter.org. So that's V-I-A-C-H-A-R-A-C-T-E-R dot O-R-G. And on those good words, we go back to the interview. Thank you, Julie. Hey, Johan, talk to me about your experience over TikTok. Why did you uh, reach TikTok? So I started doing TikTok, and I've said this to a few other guys on podcasts now, you know, it's, uh, I think the only reason, or one of the big reasons, I would say 80% of the adult population is on TikTok is because of coronavirus. That's you know, we, uh, we, we started doing this app to keep ourselves busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I first started doing TikTok was um, uh, I, I basically just did thirst traps, you know, uh, for the ladies, you know, because because um, I do modeling and acting, you know, um, and I was just having a bit of fun um, uh, doing that. And uh, I did this one TikTok um, probably about six months ago now where I, all I did was, you know, I, the camera, I put the camera on the floor. I kind of walked into the room, uh, sort of caught the camera out of the corner of my eye, picked it up and just asked the audience, whoever was watching, if they're okay. Um, but I did it in a way, obviously, because I've got the acting background, I, I imagined that who I was talking to was sincerely in a deep, dark place like I was. And I needed that person to be there to just check in and just ask a simple question, you know, are you okay? 
You know, you don't have to have the answer for me, but just having that feeling that someone is actually there for you. They want to know that you're okay. You know, and I did that and that, that actually, um, it went viral, you know, it, it exploded, it did really, really well. And I just felt at the time then, because it was right in the middle of, um, of coronavirus, um, with lockdown and everything, and everyone was getting so depressed with everything that was going on, uh, I felt like, because of the response that I got um, through comments, and then obviously through that, I've got my Instagram linked, and a lot of people direct message me on Instagram telling me about this post, you know, I just felt, hold on a minute, maybe I can use this to help others out there. And even if I just help one person, that'll be fantastic. Um, and that's how I then basically turned the TikTok that was just a bit of fun into a platform where I'm now trying to reach out and just sort of help people. But what I also do is a lot of the things that I do on there is for myself because I go through phases and stages where something comes up and it's triggering me and I'm going okay what is that trigger why why is that triggering me what is that trying to teach me and I turn that into a TikTok with the wording that I use etc etc to just portray that message and um, again if like I say if it can help one person out there fantastic it is it is fantastic and uh, what's your goal over this? Do you want to do it as a um, guide or something so people can <laughs> can reach people out? What's your... Uh, what's yeah, your so what, what I want to do is, uh, and I've, this was my, my sort of, when I was still with my ex, you know, I, I wanted to start retreats specifically for men because I do feel there okay. is, there's a big... And I mean, it has changed a little bit now and it will be open to, to both sexes. However, I will still concentrate a lot of men because I do feel men don't talk. We don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our emotions. You know, we are, we are suppressing all of that. And the problem yeah. when you suppress those things is you can make yourself sick. Yeah. You know, you can drink exactly, you know, as, as you, you've experienced. But then also you can, make, you can heal yourself. Yeah. which is why I follow Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe's work. And that's, that's my goal. What I want to do is I want, I mean, there's a big group in, in the States called Sacred Sons um, who holds retreats for men. Um, and, and these guys are amazing. You know, they, uh, they it's, it's just men who go on these retreats and um, yeah, they, they look them up. It's called Sacred Sons. And uh, yeah, they've got their own podcast as well. Um, they they are amazing and that's the sort of thing that i i would like to start eventually my goal is to sort of hopefully get this up and running by the end of this year um all depending on obviously travel restrictions etc because at the yeah. moment when I mean, you can't even come in and out of the uk which is crazy um but um that that'll be my goal so hopefully i can convert what i'm doing currently now into something like that and even if there's just maybe five people or ten people coming on this retreat um, and we can help those people and won't just be um, meditation. You know, I'll get other people in to help me. You know, it's not going to be um, I, I want to do it as a nonprofit. You know, it'll be just purely me giving back to society and to the community out there to help each other. You know, and, and hey, uh, just try it over Zoom. Yeah, we can. We can. We can do that. We can do that. That'll be that'll be in the a stepping stone on the way. 
Absolutely. We had you have the coronavirus. Okay, that's fine. So let's do it. Let's let's take this. Uh, and maybe maybe there will be more people from everywhere because Zoom is worldwide. And so yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? I just look at the time, and time goes really, really <laughs> fast. And I'm just I'm with my dorkable moment, which is I'm telling you like uh, rapid questions. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm, I, there's no bad answers. Your okay. answer matters, okay? Yep. And if you want to go the long haul, like saying more things over my question, you can do it, okay? I have my surfboard okay. and I'll follow your wave. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Perfect. Let's go. Okay, okay. So for you, Yuan, education is? Progression. Mm. Tell me about it. Well, whatever. If you if you look at education, what, what what do you get out of that? You know, you wanna you wanna better yourself. So whatever you can learn, whether it's going to be uh, a new way to climb a mountain, you know, skills to get up there with a rope, you're going to progress by learning that new skill. So any 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 educational thing for me is going to be a progression. Mm, I love this one. Okay, um, name me someone. Oh, you you told me. Okay, but I can. I don't know if if you already said it, I will skip it. Okay, so okay. name me someone who had a great impact on you and tell me why. I believe that's the one you told me. Is there? Yeah, any I would, yeah it's obviously Dr. Joe, but for me, on a closer level, is um, my grandmother. Who um, I did a TikTok about. Uh, um, she passed away about a month ago now. Oh, sorry for and, your loss. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, no, she was she was very old. You know, she was 97, 98. Um, and I, yeah, I did a, a TikTok where I went on a on a hike, um, and I said that today's adventure is, is, yes. is dedicated to my grandmother. Yeah, um, and you know the thing is, I would say in, in my life, she's probably the one that um, if ever I think back, you know, I will I will always think of her fondly, and and, and the way that she always just conducted her life. You know, she's. Uh, Yeah, she was very grounded. She was very spiritual, uh, very religious, obviously, Christianity. But, you know, she she wasn't someone who would enforce that upon you. You know, she would um, she would be open to to whatever you you want to talk about, you know, but she would be there to listen. And if you wanted guidance, you know, she'd be there to guide you. Uh, but she was just such a soft and, and kind person. And uh, yeah, for me, she, she's the one that uh, that I will always aspire to be like. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, um, what book are you a book reader or more like a movie uh, watcher? No, I. You know, I love both. I'm. Not, I'm not a massive book reader. The thing for me is, if I read a book, I. I would. I. I get quite tired. You know, so I would. I would read a book and I would read five, six pages, and I'm like, I can't even remember what I just read. You know, my mind drifts. So what I. What I do is I would get the book and the audio book and I would listen to it while I read it. Um, and that way it goes, it goes in. I've got, I've got quite a good collection here, actually. I've got a lot of shamanic uh, books here, um, spirit hacking. I've got Dr. Joe's books, um, so, Peaceful Warrior, so uh, Daily Stoics. On these books, what is the one that you want to share? What is the one? So that the, the one that I, I mean, I'm going to come, let me just grab it. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite books, which is Becoming Dr. Joe's book, Becoming Supernatural. Hmm. And this is exactly what he, what he teaches on his workshops as well. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, 
yeah, it's a, it's a fabulous book. You know, I, I will never get bored of this. Uh, it's um, yeah, it, it tells you the science behind everything, how to meditate, why we meditate, etc. Like yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant book. That's that's my favorite. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing. What is your greatest success? Um, oh, my greatest success is my children. I would say. How many children do you have? I've got three children. I've got two boys who's seventeen and nearly eighteen. The one the one will be eighteen in July. Uh, and then I've got my little girl who will be five um, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Wow! And why 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 is it your greatest success? What makes it? You know, if you if you look back, you know they they will always look up to you as 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 the father figure or the mother figure. You know, yeah. um, depending on which parent you are, obviously. However, what what they will become is is what you will teach them, and you know. I, I would want to look back when they are adults and think I did my best that I could to make them into the people that they are, you know, um, regardless of who they'll turn out to be um, and touch wood, fingers crossed, they will be fabulous, fabulous people. Um, and, and I think looking back at that, when they are at that stage, um, that'll, that'll be, that'll be success. You know, that'll be, It'll be an achievement, I think. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, what was your hard learning moment? Uh, probably both my divorces. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, uh, I, did, I never, I, I never, my worst enemy, I, did, I, don't, I don't want my worst enemy to, to uh, feel this, to feel a divorce. That that could be. No, I, for me, it's, I don't think it's as much the divorce. I think it's the, it's the it's the trust for me you know more the more the trust and the betrayal of of what came with the divorce you know where when when i mean i'm not going to go into details and stuff like that but okay. there were things that were said um and then afterwards those things weren't um honored if you know what i mean yeah, you know and I, I, I think that's 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 for me the biggest disappointment is is the betrayal um that i feel and and that's one thing that that i still work on myself you know is um to um to trust again and and to to open myself up to be vulnerable in that in that situation you know Love and it. yeah i i think that's um that's probably going to be my biggest challenge is um and still to come is is is, is my biggest challenge is is that betrayal to to get that trust back so you are you still single i you know I, i am seeing someone at the moment um we are i mean we are we we've seen each other for probably about six months now um oh. she lives she lives in a she lives quite far she lives about three hours away from me um so yeah i'm, I'm seeing her um uh, but it's it's very casual you know it's not um Yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. That's okay. That's okay. No problem. Um, so that's my. Here's my last question, and I will always tell this question before I end up with the interview. Is um, as a kid, people yeah. con did people consider you as a dork or as an egghead? 
aren't they the same? <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. It depends on the way you see it. Some people, you're not the second, you're not the first one who told me this. It's when a <laughs> dork for me, it's, it's like um, someone who is, uh, I was a dork, okay, when I was a, when I was a student and even through my university, that's crazy. I remembered once university, a teacher, I got to meet, I, 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 I meet up a teacher and she said, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Friedrich, being a teacher is not for everyone. And I was like, what? You tell me that I'm not fitting on this and I will prove you you're wrong. Right. So I worked myself all my scholarship uh, from the very beginning, elementary school through uh, secondary, which is uh, high school for you and, and college and university. I struggled big time. It was very difficult. I have many failures. Right. And I still, and now I had this in mind. I wanted to be a teacher and here I am. So an egghead for me, it's someone who is really brilliant. Is that okay? Okay. So more of more of uh, sort of like the um, the achievers in school, the guys who played in the first team football um, or American football, like you guys call it, the rugby, and and always in the top achievers. So I would I would probably go. Yes, I was more on, on that side of the scale. You know, I was uh, I wasn't the best, but um, I was always in the top group as to say you know so i was always achieving sport wise you know i played at high level level sport um always competed at that sort of level um school work you know was i wasn't the best but i wasn't the worst i was just above average you know so um which was sort of on the back burner as, as i think most most kids are with the school week you know it's not <laughs> it's not what we want to do but we have to do it to get, a, get ahead in life i guess yeah. um but yeah, and also when I when I meet people, you know, um, when I was younger, you know, I would I would be not being big headed, but I would be one of the people that others want to be around. If you know what I mean, you know, it wasn't I wasn't the one who was um, being pushed out or, or bullied. But I manipulated myself in a lot of ways to fall into that category, you know, uh, because of my background and, and the way I grew up. You know, I had to try and fit in and. So a lot of the things that I did as a youngster is manipulation to sort of fall into that category. Um, so, yeah, and that's it's, it's, uh, one of the things that I've worked on. Thank you so much for being with me, uh, Johan. Finally, after three attempts. <laughs> oh, Frederick, it's been a pleasure, my friend. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. So that's the end of this third episode. Next week, I'm having the privilege to speak with Eric Catalano, also known as the Sober DJ. At the time I spoke to him, he was celebrating his 200 days sobriety, and now he's celebrating his full year without drinking. A special thank to Julie, who collaborates with me to this wonderful podcast. And finally, thanks to my brother Bob for this wonderful melody. And just before the end, I would like to say, hey guys, think love. See you later, guys. Ciao.